0: Hello and welcome back to episode 73 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. Uh, we're coming at you a little late tonight, but uh, what's going on, Matt?
1: Uh, not much. I was telling you when we first got on the channel call, just mentally drained right now. We got long days at work with uh, summer picking up and people starting to move down rentals for mm-hmm. the, for the summer and then uh we're kind of in the middle of the spring season for youth soccer and my specific age groups are like the beginners like u8 u9 which is if you guys don't know listening like second third graders there's a few first graders they changed up like the the way they break down the teams like Mm -hmm. when we played it was based on the school year system yeah how they put you in your grades and now it's whatever year you're born that's the team you're on so it's it, it differs with the school system. So, like, there's kids on my youngest team that are first and second graders, and then right. the older team, it's, like, second and third graders. So, I mean, they're all new to the sport, and my expectations are always, like, to make them become the best players they can be. And right now, it's like I'm starting to realize that that goal isn't really achievable because they're playing multiple sports, and it's brand new to them, and they just really got to get a feel for
0: it right yeah I, I totally hear you i mean i don't know what that's like but i can understand that that's probably frustrating from your perspective for sure i don't
1: i don't i definitely know
0: you wouldn't last more than two weeks no you with, know how with this group of kids you know my my bullshit how much bullshit i put up with it. it's not much <laughs> you are a far more patient person that is for for certain um yeah i don't coaching i don't think it would be for me Honestly, I get way too frustrated just with like, uh, well, when they're young kids, it's not stupidity, right? It's just naivety. They don't know any better, but with stupidity, especially their
1: their mind, like they're just, their brains haven't developed enough to where they can, they can hold more conversations longer than 30 seconds or focusing on one particular thing. Like a lot of the times I'll bring them into a little huddle and We'll go over what we just did, like today specifically. A main problem we've been having, even throughout the past, in the fall even, like building out from the back, which is why in 7v7 now they have a a build-out line specifically drawn on the field to where defenders can't pass it on goal kicks until there's contact made from a, the first players, just to give them opportunity to have time and clear it out of the back, that type of thing, so yeah just getting it out wide and playing it up the wing and getting crosses in that was the main thing i wanted and we kind of achieved it but it's just when they're all spread out across like i make a big grid kind of like a game situation Mm -hmm. and i have to scream just so they all hear me it's like they're off in their own world so yeah it's just little things like I'm, i'm i'm only two three years into it and i'm still trying to figure out things that work for that particular age and the less line the one thing I'm learning more is like the less times you can put' them in lines, mm-hmm. the better, yeah so I mean, I could go on, but we're yeah. here for other things. There's other things going on in the bigger bigger stages of the game
0: yeah, so while while youth soccer is it kind of seems like they've like bastardized youth soccer a little bit like it's it's strange, like the build out line and all that stuff, I think you lose yeah. an aspect well there there's an added layer of like complexity when you add rules like that mm-hmm. um i know it's supposed to make the game more accessible but yeah i feel like it kind of does the opposite like it, it's adding a rule that will later be removed yeah and it's it's, just, it's a
1: crutch you know yeah it's like u8 to u10 they'll be playing 7v7 with the build out and then once they hit u11 they'll move to a bigger field it'll open up to 9v9 and there's no build out line so I mean, it's really for those kids that just don't have great footwork. Right, it's just to give them more opportunities. But it, it tactically puts me or makes me play my stronger players in the back, so we mm-hmm. can clear it because I don't want to get pinned down for thirty straight minutes yeah, in our course. half. Yeah, and and that's another thing I was hoping to work on today, but just couldn't. Mm. Was that that transition from defense to offense, moving up with the field? Because a lot of the times. When the ball's on one side of the field, and I'm telling people specifically if the ball's on the left side of the field, and my right mid is all the way on the left side, we lose in our shape, and we're pinned all to one side. All they have to do is make one pass, and everybody has to chase. It's just telling them to be positionally aware, stop following the ball like a dog, like a mindless <laughs> animal. Like It's getting out of that bumblebee style, and it's really frustrating the most frustrating thing is the competition we're playing is the top, the best in the South Jersey has to offer right. right now. Like both teams are in the top flight or second flight. Yeah, and we're playing clubs where the registration fees like quadruple ours. So right. you're getting kids that are more serious about the sport. Uh, they're spending more time training on soccer rather than multiple sports. If only maybe one other sport they play and. getting more results rather than what we're doing is like more of an extension of rack
0: babysitting kind of thing and i can't i can't get what i want done Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i hope that changes for you but that definitely sounds rough right now sounds brutal uh had to talk with the big man the doc today so things should be changing in the fall my my former trainer the uh yeah the head of, of trainers now right yeah, he's he, he let me he, he let me in a
1: little bit of backstory for good things going on behind the scenes. So things are on the up for the fall, I'd say.
0: He knows a lot, man. He's he's easily the best coach I ever had. I mean, yeah, just like mentally on top of knowing what he was actually talking about, like a manager of men, you would say, unlike Jose Mourinho, who has been fired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you called that you literally called that a week or two ago. Oh, you I were know, spot man. on. So I, next thing's Harry Kane. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as that happens, I'll be two for two on Tottenham's downfall, which makes me just so giddy. And it doesn't help Kim
1: getting hurt. That hurts their chances even more. I but. saw,
0: yeah, I know. It seems like he put on a couple pounds in this like little time that he hasn't been playing, too. I saw a, video, a picture of him the other, like literally last night because they had mm-hmm. a, what was that, Carabao? Carabao Cup last night? What do you mean? Didn't they play yesterday, Spurs?
1: Yeah, they played in the league. They oh, it played, was a I mean,
0: league game. It was a league game. Yeah. They
1: played Saturday against City in the in the League Cup final. Is what you're saying? Yeah.
0: So I had that. I had those two things switched up. And he didn't play last night. And he looked really rough, man. Yeah. On the sideline. So, um, yeah. Jose Mourinho. Well, we'll get into this. We have to talk about the Super League thing, although it has blown up at this point. I mean, it's it's not going to happen. It doesn't look like. I'm glad that
1: we didn't jump on it right away because we got more information and yeah, we really saw the whole thing play out. I don't think much more is going to come out of the story. No, I, so I, I don't. We either. can like we can totally cap off everything that went through from start to finish.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to give you guys dates, but the European Super League was a proposed. Uh, I want to call it an American model. Because that's kind of what it was. It was kind of like a franchised superstar league where you had, what was it, eight, nine? How many teams? I don't even remember. There were,
1: there were 12 inaugural teams, six okay. from England, three from Italy, and three from Spain. Okay, so, yeah. that all They all agreed. I, I'm sure PSG and Dortmund and, and Munich were the three others that... Rejected it straight away. Yeah. But
0: there were 15 in total, I think. So Sunday morning was the deadline that was set to hand in all the paperwork for all the 12 clubs clubs that wanted to participate in the league. Um, City was initially the team, the British team that took the most convincing. And they were also the second team to jump out. Um, Yeah surprisingly I thought Chelsea was the team that was first to to duck out of it I thought that was so shocking
1: yeah I mean I think they're more on the line especially with like currently both teams are in the their respective uh Champions League semis so you had that whole drama I mean that's later on but yeah it's crazy with the whole American ownership's kind of wanting to make more money that's
0: where it comes from it's greed
1: and like i've heard some perspectives like my dad said it was kind of like a bailout like how Mm -hmm. uh cities get bailed out for mismanaging their funds and that that is what it was it was kind of like this past year of dealing with no ticket sales and down downward in other departments of revenue so they're just looking to make a quick buck and i mean the if they agreed to join, I think they got $425 million straight up. Rather yeah. To like a hundred and some for even winning just the Champions League. You have to win the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it from a business perspective, that's a smart move. And they weren't even going to sell the TV rights to American companies or other companies. I think Chinese. They were trying to show games off of their own exclusive TV platform platforms just to grow that which is smart to get more like kind of how almost every single almost every single network is like ha- having their own exclusive like yeah, streaming platform through. yeah that's what they're trying to go which is smart because things are going digital now and they're just trying to get a jump start on that but i mean just the response from fans was absolutely bonkers i mean you would expect people to be against it but this was an issue that collectively, the media, the fans, even members of boards and execs at the club, like everybody rallied behind this.
0: Which is shocking because that's such a rare thing in the world. Everyone yeah. rallying. Like you saw people from all sides, no matter their political affiliation, their relationship with capitalism, because that's what this comes down to ultimately, right? Um, mm-hmm everyone, I mean, people on the right, people on the left, people that support entirely different clubs, everyone came together and kind of rallied against this thing. And I don't know how you feel about it. I understand the league's purpose. I understand why it was, you know, the idea was conceived. Um, I think for some clubs, it meant more. Like if you look at Madrid, who are in immense debt, if you look at Tottenham, who are in actual ridiculous debt and will probably have to liquidate their club it makes more sense for those clubs to be involved there's only one team that has operated in a profit in the past year and it's actually chelsea so it does make sense as to why they'd be the first to leave but i want to make it clear to everyone that's watching i was opposed i mean it sounded interesting at first when we talked about it a couple months ago but when i realized that it meant full exclusivity only only pl- players could only play in the ESL European Super League i was out i mean i just i'm too in love with the way that football works in terms of its scheduling i love international i love the international game i love the european game and then i love the domestic game and at each part of every year we kind of we kind of get these things and it's special when it comes back And I think when you take these players out of, you know, many competitions and just let them play in one, it becomes less special. And I don't think that that money needs to be the bottom line in football. I think it is about the fans more than it is um, in many other sports, especially because of the roots in England. It's just such a big thing. So I was glad to see it die.
1: Yeah, there's so much history behind the sport in all these different countries and I think different clubs will have different repercussions. I think England, I think they're saying like clubs want them removed from next year's competitions, or some some were saying they should be removed from the current season, they should be null there. Uh, I, I saw the Champions League boards were saying that the teams that are involved that are still in European competition should be removed. And, I mean, all this stuff fell through. Everything people have been threatening and saying, like, they're not going to do it. It's just going to affect the things going on now, and it's not going to make sense, because in the end, it's going to hurt the fans and the players. And right. there's there's nothing you can do, or I shouldn't say nothing. There's very few things you can do to affect the people behind this without hurting, uh, people in hurting front of them, innocent like yeah. bystanders, whether it's the... The managers, the coaches, the staff at the club, the players, the fans, like anything they do is going to affect them. I think the most recent thing they're saying is they're removing these people involved from committees, which I don't think is going to do anything because you're not hurting anything. Yeah, they'll have less say on different things, but they're still high in the high high status of the club. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did see that um, Ed Woodward's presiding after the year which Zach was happy about. I know you, yeah. you were happy about it. Rest
0: and, in piss, Ed Woodward, you fucking cheap bastard. Yeah.
1: He was the executive vice president, I think, or vice chairman yeah. of the club. Vice chairman, I think. And uh, he was involved. I think he was on like UEFA's board of some sorts. He was on one, and the Juventus president was on, like, a yeah. chairman of one of them. So.
0: Andrea Agnelli, I think his name is.
1: Yeah, he turned out to be the biggest snake of them all. The UEFA president came out hard against him because... I think there were meetings last Friday about securing like deals with these clubs and Sunday they just flipped on them and jumped out like this. And I think the biggest uh, quote I saw out there statement was from Florentino Perez, the mm-hmm. president of Real Madrid. He said that, um, well, he, now he's saying that the, the league's not out Yeah, Like they're still, they're yeah. just going to put it on ice and Real Madrid and Barcelona are the only ones that haven't said anything about stopping it. Yeah. Like, I don't, like they'll they'll do it. Uh, I, for Perez said, "This is what I thought was strong was," uh, he said. If people made it feel like they were killing the game of football, <laughs> like by making this league. It's just something so drastic, and it's just it's not the be, way to do it. I I think. Yeah, I think they they went the wrong way about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it could ever happen like that. I don't think you're ever gonna have a league with like the biggest clubs like that's something you'll you do on fifa if you're bored like exactly. you put all the the biggest clubs in one league and just let it play out like that and yeah like you said like it, those games don't become as special like an el classico yeah or a, like a, a manchester derby like those type of games and and it's not fair to the players either because you're making them have to choose and pretty much every single player came out against it so I don't know. It's just something so crazy that happened and ended. It like it 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 just burned out so fast.
0: Yeah, it was just crazy and at first, I mean the first day I heard it heard about it, I was talking in some group chats and some of my friends were like it'll be fine. I'm going to watch regardless and I kind of understand, but like I don't think that you can just kind of approach something like this and just say it'll be fine because it does change the fabric of the scene, whether we want to admit that or not. You And, I, and I, I'm I not a UEFA and a FIFA stan. Like, trust me, <laughs> these are horrible, horrible, horrible organizations. And they are corrupt. And they have been corrupt for, you know, uh, since their inception. Um, They're building a fucking stadium in Qatar on top of the bodies of dead s- slaves people that they literally are enslaving to build stadiums. Like when, when something is so fucked up that it makes me root for FIFA and UEFA there, it's probably pretty sinister. And I I think that this European super league was kind of just like your dad said, it was a bailout. That's what it was. And they didn't introduce it in the right manner. And, the forced exclusivity telling players they can't play for the country they want to play for. I mean, the minute they told players that it was dead because players do value that. And I think it would be criminal to, to tell a player, you know, you can't play, you can't play for your, your flag. That's fucked up.
1: Yeah. It's like the total opposite to the NBA, the NBA over the past 10, 20 years has become more player oriented and right. It's run by the players more than the by, than the organizations. It seems like they have more power than the owners and stuff at times. Yeah, but, it's, it's I mean, crazy. I, can, I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to change that drastically, but by Paris saying like they're just going to put it on hold and that, and he never said they're going to back down. I don't know. It's interesting to see what's going to happen in the next 5 to 10 years, but... I mean as the years go on I think more money is going to get poured into the game because the fan there's going to be more fans I think the next generation is going to be more into soccer and like more people are going to play soccer rather than like football and other things specifically talking about in America. Yeah. Like I think if if that's why NBC is like huge on the TV rights uh, for the Premiership because the more exposure they get in America the more money that gets poured into the game. Overall, that's that's where I think those other leagues are kind of falling behind. They need, like how Gold TV and Fox Soccer Network back in the day had La Liga and Bundesliga games on all the time. Like me personally, like you have to kind of go out of your own out of your way to find these Bundesliga, La Liga, league on games to really watch like your favorite players or like upcoming players that you never heard of to really get a well understanding of the world of the game overall. I don't know. I think that's where the next stage is to get more money into it.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely uh get where you're coming from. Sorry, my yeah. brain is literally shutting down. <laughs> we'll have to move past the Super League. I mean, the bottom line is it's dead, right? the The, the evil that we were... Uh, maybe perhaps facing is yeah. is finished not for now. So that's a really nice thing. Yeah,
1: um, we're just seeing the the aftermath of if what's going to
0: happen discipline wise. I mean, dude, I was looking at a, I was looking at a fucking debt debt chart, not a depth chart, but a debt chart of <laughs> what these teams are operating on. Tottenham are like a billion dollars in debt because of the stadium oh yeah that was recent i know chelsea's always been looking to upgrade their stadium yeah but well the reason that they're not the reason that they aren't in debt is because they're still playing at stanford bridge which is like old as fuck yeah and we had a transfer
1: ban so we couldn't
0: spend money there yeah that's true it's just crazy like it's so insane to see um the the some of the the debts that these clubs are operating with, like how are they operating being a billion dollars in debt well mm-hmm. i guess I guess you could ask that question, how does the united states um function being like I don't know how many trillion dollars in debt we are, but it's such a crazy thing, and the whole thing was financed by j p. Morgan, which is it, yeah Americans. It was I read like a financial report on the league and it said I'll say this quick before we move on. It was financed on debt. Which I don't understand that concept. I'm not an economist or I don't understand the way that money works. We'd have to have I mean, look at the stimulus checks. I mean I guess, but is that the uh, it, I guess you could kind of look at it that way. That it was just sort of a stimulus for the clubs, right? In a way. But, uh, but they know. owed something back instead. Like, we didn't owe anything. Well, their, govern-
1: their governments aren't working to help them open up the stadiums and bring fans back, so they were just trying to find a different way. And then the governments respond by saying, we're going to work to our best abilities and with the powers we have to make it stop. So, yeah, I don't know. Everybody just wants things to stay the way they are. For their yeah. personal reasons, and then...
0: I certainly do. Yeah, I think I mean, a lot of things need to be changed, but I don't think... I don't think this would have solved... I think there is a way to solve these problems, but I don't think this was the, the right way, which seems to be the consensus among among most people. I think that's kind of how we all feel. Yeah. So, rest in piss, Super League, Florentino Perez, scumbag. Um, yeah he actually is a scumbag he's been a scumbag for a long time so this sh- shouldn't yeah. surpri- surprise anybody to to be quite honest i think karma's gonna come back i'm gonna bet huge money on chelsea that first leg oh 100 dude uh and standing ovation to roman abramovich i mean can't believe i'm saying it a- absolute c- c- <laughs> king of the scum he is but um you know cheers cheers to chelsea football club for being the first one to step down um I knew it wouldn't be Arsenal because Kroenke's a fucking bastard. I mean, he—he he was apparently he was the one that said, you know, to the rest of the English clubs, you guys got to get in on this. It was him and um, the United uh, Glazers, Glaze yeah, the which are both American owners. They told everybody else, get on or the ship's leaving without you and. Yeah, them and the Liverpool guy put out apology videos and messages like, I don't give a fuck, dude. You did what you did. You got to lay and you're in bed. Yeah, exactly. Like, Your fans aren't going to give up or your fans aren't going to forgive you for that. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing. You're going to see a lot of fans that retain this anger, um, Liverpool fans especially. I mean, people have already removed flags from the cop, and that's that's Liverpool's club identity. That's like That's not mm-hmm. like a small deal. No, yeah, um, after
1: the Ed Woodward announcement, Tottenham fans jumped right on it. And fucking sack
0: Levy. Yeah, exactly. He should be sacked. I mean, he's he's the owner, but it's just insane, crazy shit. Um, talking about Tottenham, we're gonna get into our our recaps here. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick before we talk about the first game, I, I
1: went. As predicted in my own head, I did terrible. I went three and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, coin flip did not work out today, obviously. And
0: then Evan
1: with a respectable five and four.
0: We'll take it. I went positive. It's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Cool. Okay. So now we'll get into these. Sorry for the way that we're moving through the episode today. Matt and I are both fucking exhausted. Though so oh, yeah. you have to forgive us. We didn't want to push until until tomorrow. Um, I didn't even. We didn't even talk about what we what we had going on tomorrow. But I'm busy as fuck anyway. So
1: yeah, I got another makeup practice tomorrow because the rain earlier in the week. It always seems to rain Monday and Wednesdays. I know, dude. It's which is my
0: training days. Yeah, makeup practices are so we're always the worst. Okay, uh, Everton two, Tottenham two. I am just always shocked to see how fraudulent Tottenham are. I mean, they went ahead in the 27th with a fantastic Harry Kane goal, as you would have expected, and managed to somehow only walk away with a point. Gilfie Sigurdsson, who is 90 years old, a (laughs) 90-year-old Viking from Iceland, put two past this shambolic Tottenham defense. Mm -hmm. kane has to be looking to leave i mean he has to be ready to leak to leave uh one of gilby's goals was a penalty by the way so it it was one great goal but man that first goal was a fucking or not the first goal was it the second one he scored a screamer in this game
1: yeah harry kane doing harry kane type things i mean Bale's already going to be on his way out. He wants to go back to Spain to play on his links. Yep. And and then I'm sure Harry Kane I don't I don't see Liverpool or Spurs finishing in the top 6. No, no way. Well, 100% not top 4. They'll be lucky they get in the top 6, but yeah, your predictions were on about Jose getting sacked and now interim manager Ryan Mason who played for Spurs not too long ago. Yeah. Which is wild. Um I mean we'll get to that game later how he did, but should be interesting to see how they close out the year. Uh Harry Kane picking up knocks here and there, so I don't really know. And Everton's banged up team as well. I mean half their team's hurt. And we've been saying DCL's slack and Hamas is, is inconsistent with his minutes, whether he's got uh injury issues, illness
0: or whatever. But Yeah.
1: Yeah, Spurs doing Spur type Spurs
0: types things. Yeah, you really can't expect anything else. I think it's a decent result for Everton. Yeah. Um, hundred uh, percent. Allen back finally. Um, definitely <laughs> they definitely missed him. Um, but if they don't have Allen and DCL and a full strength uh midfield otherwise, like with Gomez and uh Ducore, uh it's always a tough tough thing. I don't know why they're playing James up top. That continues to surprise me because he is not quick um whatsoever.
1: Yeah, it just comes down to your depth chart
0: and what you got, and mm-hmm. behind
1: DCL, you have Richarlison, who's not a lone striker-type guy, and then after that, they don't really have anybody.
0: Yeah. Uh. Okay, moving on to just, I mean, fraudulence, which I was not expecting. Newcastle 3, West Ham 2. Um. Craig Dawson got a red card for West Ham in the 36th minute and just, I mean, just stunted them. Um, Diop also scored an own goal in that transgression. And then Jolinton added another one uh, before halftime in the 41st. It wasn't until the second half where West Ham managed to get one back. They actually got two back. Uh, Diop, after scoring an own goal, got a brace with an actual goal. And then, yeah, I was kind of surprised. And then Lingard got himself a penalty, but wasn't enough to get any points from this meeting with Newcastle. Newcastle scraping the bottom of the barrel, 34% possession, 16 shots, eight shots on target. Clinical, I would say, um, when we consider how many goals they managed to get with uh, those shots. But, I'm
1: surp- I'm surprised you didn't mention the winning goal it was your boy Joe Willock again. Oh, it was. Yeah. He got subbed on the 80th minute. 2 minutes later he scored the winner off a cross, headed it right past Fabianski. Fabianski had a bad game that ga- day. Yeah. I mean, I, well it was like a, it, it was the total opposite of the Leicester game we watched together, yeah. I think. Like West Ham went up 3-0 and then the second half came and they just Put, pulled their foot off the or let let their foot off the pedal it was one of those moments because then the momentum carried for west ham and they got the var decision off a lingard penalty and it was looking good for him i mean we were live we were watching it and texting each other and we and i think that we jinxed it yeah with with willock but it do be your own guys
0: sometimes yeah i really do and i think when you see um S- Suchek was rather quiet in this game. And when you see the guys yeah. in the midfield here, uh, Suchek, is cool. another one, when you see them not getting involved as much, um, it's certainly more of a problem. Bowen played up top in this game. He's another one that you kind of want <clears throat> situated more in your midfield. So just just like a really shit result. I was expecting expecting a great performance from West Ham, mm-hmm. especially coming after that that thriller um that they had against. Leicester, but they fell flat here. This looks like the West Ham of old. And yeah. I don't, I'm really curious as to like where should I be setting my expectations for them next year because it could be really interesting.
1: I think that all depends on the summer market. With, like we said, they need to keep Lingard and build around him for a spine of the team. And I mean, currently, I think the last two games they've been without uh, Antonio, their main mm-hmm. striker. Their point guy, he's the main guy, holds up the play, and then they're missing their backbone in the midfield. And Declan Rice, he cleans a lot of things up, allows Suchek to push forward with a little bit more freedom. Mark Noble in there isn't as mobile as he used to be, and he's not the most on the height scale. It's a big drop off from Rice, about five six inches. So aerially, they're weaker there in the midfield. So there's a lot of things like that that fundamentally is different for David Moyes to work with and we're seeing without them it's a they get into absolute barn burners even Newcastle scored three against them yeah and that's that second one or even the first two goals for Newcastle were lucky it was yeah at the freaking a shot saved by Fabianski D up right on top of him and just kicks it in and then the second one Fabianski had a mistake off a cross and just fell right to Jellington, but That's the type of things you need to happen in the league for these lower-level teams to get some confidence in their sides to really push forward and get these points in key matches. So I'm really looking forward to Chelsea playing West Ham next week. I think this is the best time we can play them. I don't know if we're in the best form right now, especially after our recent result, but I would say this is the best time we can play them right now in a fourth and fifth matchup to decide who's going to have momentum Finishing the year out to close out that fourth position.
0: Yeah, I totally hear you. I mean, I I am just absolutely, I I'm just molding that Newcastle are gonna stay up. I wanted them to go down. I really did. I'm tired of watching them. Like, yeah, they're they're eight point eight points clear now with a game in hand. Yeah, it's they're not gonna go down. It's fucking pissing me off. I'm tired of watching them. Really, really tired. Um, but they survive another year. They're kind of like cockroaches. Cut their head off. They still fucking manage to stay alive. Yeah. Okay, moving on from the cockroaches to, I don't know. If Newcastle are cockroaches, I don't know what Sheffield are. Like, <laughs> like They're so fucking bad, man. They're just pure sludge. And they're literally just like ooze, primordial <laughs> ooze. Sewage. Just Grease that comes out of the burger. <laughs> yeah. Wolves one is Sheffield United. Nil. Unfortunate because I think we both were rooting for Sheffield um coming into the season. We both expected a certain I mean, caliber We both we, of play. both we both had a mid table, like high mid table. I mean, they have like fourteen points this season. It it's is the worst. It's the worst of all time. It's the worst season tally of all time. They've already secured that record. Um, Wolves managed to win behind one sole William Jose goal in the 60th minute. Not a fantastic performance for Wolves. Offensively suspect, as they have been in recent weeks, but they managed to get themselves a couple decent results in a row here. Two on the bounce now after losing two and drawing the one before that. Um, Things are looking up for Wolves. looks like they'll be safe, which is nice, because I think next season they'll be much better. Um, yeah. Not not anything to really write home about here. Um, figured it would maybe be a little more than one nil. I had so, I had a buddy that asked me if it would go over two and a half. I said absolutely not. Bet the under, um, and that's what happened. So I was good. Uh, not not I mean pretty full strength team for Wolves, and this is the kind of result that they're capable of giving you right now. So just can't ask yeah. for much more.
1: Yeah, with this result, it officially relegates Sheffield they mathematically can't get out of it so and I mean I would say candidate for signing worse or yeah worse signing of the season has to be Rian Brewster for the price tag and the amount of money that the club has at Sheffield to spend 30 million pounds for him from Liverpool it's it's it like an absolute letdown it has to be top five in the for the season in the Prem specifically. what they expected out of him at least 10-15 goals to keep him up and he hasn't gotten one yet I don't think it's just absolutely terrible and I mean the injuries don't help either with Everything going on. I mean, they've had Jeg Yelka play back there, who's 50 years old. and <laughs> Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then they have a bunch of other guys on loan that just don't have that fight to stay up. And obviously, they had the whole fallout with Chris Wilder. So it's been an absolute implosion at um, Bromel Lane. Yeah. And it's really sad to see. And I'm upset because I didn't bet on this game. I said like a 1-0, this is it here for Wolves. And I would have won money, but didn't go with my intuition and things happen, but
0: we yeah. move forward indeed we move uh okay moving on arsenal one <laughs> fulham one conflicted here um but by the by the time that penalty went in i was rooting for arsenal again in full strength um arsenal not really playing it for anything fulham are playing to stay up so that's why I was conflicted. Mm-hmm. Arsenal absolutely dominated. We didn't have Leno. Matt Ryan started, um, but we had a nice back line. Chaka actually slotting in, playing left back, because Tierney has a bit of an awareness, as uh, the Chelsea physio staff would put it. Um, I think he has it's a leg injury of some sort. I don't remember when that happened. I think we watched that game live. Maybe the Liverpool game. Um, But he's, yeah. been, he's been injured with that. Than Elnani and Tobias in the midfield, not not the best, but they were okay. Um Martinelli, ESR, and Saka as that three behind Lacazette, I thought were absolutely fantastic. A lot of life, a lot of opportunities, especially in the early game. Um but we did concede first. Um I just scored a pen. Kind of bullshit, but it is what it is. Um and it wasn't until Lacazette came off with an injury. And Katia managed to get us one back in the ninety seventh minute. It was controversial. So it was, yeah, and it was so fucking late. Um, Arsenal should have gone up earlier in the game, but Saka was called offside. Um, yeah, on some aids. Yeah, by so, his
1: shoelace.
0: Fucking VAR, dude. Like I'm just tired of VAR.
1: Yeah, the that offside's compared to the goal that you guys inevitably scored was I mean, it was a shot yeah. uh saved by Ariola. Rob Holding was in the vicinity of the play, but in my opinion, I think it was the right call. Yeah. The not offsides. He wasn't making an attempt at the ball and he made no obstruction uh to the play to affect Ariola's really how he saved the ball. Obviously, in the back of your mind, he's seeing him there, so you might think he is affecting the play. But yeah, it's it's too subjective, and I think the right call was made. And I, I mean, if you want to get real serious about it, Fulham should not be in that position where that is there. Like you cannot yeah. be giving these opportunities to this team in that situation. You're fighting to for safety, and week after week, this is three straight weeks now where they've just dropped it in the last ten minutes of the game and Yeah. It's just that I don't know I would be so frustrated. I'm frustrated now with my kids, but if I'm Scott Parker, man, like he's beside yeah. himself. You just see him. Like he he couldn't he didn't even celebrate the magic goal. He just knew like yep. okay, we're we're we have the lead again. We're in a good spot, but they are the worst team that this year in the Prem when they have a lead. Uh, they've dropped thirteen points from winning positions now in the league away and it's the worst and they just don't know how to hold leads it's insane they're just jinxed they just can't get out of their own way
0: yeah i think i think um if tot or if if fulham go down that you may see clubs like tottenham or uh, looking for a manager like Scott Parker, his name is oh, yeah. is out there. I mean, his name is really out there. I think people are very impressed with the way that he carries himself, the way that he speaks to the referees, the way that he coaches his team, and I think people understand that it's his players and it's not him.
1: Um, isn't the isn't the Crystal Palace job opening? Isn't didn't Hodgson it say he's retiring yes. after this year?
0: Yes, he did. That was another team that I heard. Um, but I'm hearing murmurs about Tottenham. I think that would be. That would really yeah. make me conflicted. On, I don't know what I would
1: do. I mean, that is another former club he played for. I think he spent more time there than Fulham.
0: Yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, I think I think that he could actually be a fantastic manager. I think he has a lot of um, wit about the game. I just kind of really do blame the players here. Uh, like you said, they're the worst team from winning positions in the Prem this year. That's just an. In, that's a real indictment of your mental strength and yeah. they played a very similar team um really throughout the season a lot of lamina a lot of lookman a lot of cavalero Maja kind of you know came in at the end but you have yeah. areola in goal aina has been in there and geese has been in there these guys have been they have to improve they have mm-hmm. to be better and they haven't been this far and they're going to go down because of it and that's really unfortunate i thought this may be a the rebirth of fulham but i suppose it is not yeah and also he's got the
1: best drip out of all the lead, oh. out of all the managers he's up there with pep and arteta
0: yeah it's it is fire it is truly fire i'd say they're in the top 3 um arsenal i don't really have much to say about arsenal i mean disappointing performance really disappointing unfortunate
1: for unfortunate for lacazette
0: yeah look bad injury got for him
1: Hamstring, um, he'll probably be out for the season.
0: Yeah, and he's old, so that's that's really gonna Harvard. probably be a problem for him. Um, that's it's very unfortunate. It makes me kind of upset, but hopefully he'll be back next season. Hopefully they give him a fair contract negotiation as well. All righty, uh, next one: Man United three, Burnley one. And I knew this was gonna happen. I had the over. I had Man United winning at the half. I had Man United winning at full time. And um, I forget what the other thing I had was. What it hit. Uh, but it didn't matter because Arsenal lost.
1: Somebody specifically to score?
0: No, it was something else. I forget. I'll Somebody think in a card
1: or corners?
0: Oh, it was no red card. That's what it was. <laughs> no red card in the game. Hmm. What's uh that Minus 500. Dude, it was minus 250. Really? I don't know how or why, but it was minus 250. I don't know if I had an odds really? boost or what. I thought it was ridiculous. I didn't think there'd be a card in this game. I didn't even know if there'd be an actual yellow, but there was three yellows. Um, Dominating performance from United. Uh, two goals from Mason Greenwood, who's been electric the past, yeah. I'd say, five, six weeks. He's on. And then another one from Cavani, who has been just so solid when he's when he's um in those late game situations. He scored uh past the eightieth minute, I think six times this year already, which I saw the other day. That is a ridiculous stat for somebody who's not getting a lot of time. That is an obscene statistic.
1: A closer.
0: Yeah, if you've ever seen one, that's Mariano Rivera levels of closing. Um, But Burnley, flat. Burnley also probably going to go down, I think.
1: Yeah, they're the likely contender right now down there. They just got a bank on Fulham and West Brom dropping in the bag.
0: Oh, actually, yeah, no, never mind. Burnley probably not going to go down. Um, yeah. Fulham well, and West Brom are too far away.
1: Yeah, they they're both they both can't string games together. West Brom did look like it, but
0: yeah, no, they're two f- big they're f-
1: Yeah, I mean Burnley. Kind of when the uh, Tarkovsky hit that equalizer, you kind of put questions in your mind, like they might have a chance here to lock up a point. But yeah, Mason Greenwood the past three to four weeks has just been on. He's been amazing.
0: It's so surprising.
1: He just hits these spurts, and I think he did it last year, like towards the latter end of that season. Like, he was just in form, and it just dropped off the following season. So,
0: I mean, he probably has more stats than than fucking Rashford this season in the prem. I think they're close. They're They're probably close. close. That's a problem that they're close. Rashford, I think, is a bit of a fraud. I don't know how you feel about him, but.
1: No, I think he's a solid player. I don't think he can put too much into it, too much thought into it, but
0: yeah. I mean, I guess they're kind of young, but I don't know. I, a lot Rashford, of those guys, I have a lot of questions about.
1: Rashford's got 10 goals in the prem this season to Greenwood's five.
0: Oh, all right. So not that close. But how many appearances does Greenwood have versus Rashford probably?
1: Greenwood's made twenty six appearances this season to Rashford's thirty two.
0: All right. So yeah, I mean Rashford's having a better season, that's for sure. Um, but he should be. He's making much more you know, much more money and is in a, a better scoring position. Um I mean
1: their forms they've got the best form out of any team so far.
0: Yeah, they do. And they're kind of in sniffing distance of city, aren't they? Well, no, City managed to pull that yeah. win off yesterday. So
1: They're 11 behind. Mm, yeah, I it's... mean, they, they still haven't lost a game in all competitions since that Sheffield loss.
0: Oh, my God, Back that was ago. forever ago.
1: The end of January, that was the last time they lost a match.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was the game that I said I had a feeling about, right? Yep. That's funny. Since, since then, they've been on. All right. Um. Yeah, United continuing good form. We'll move on to a team that just can't seem to get themselves in consistent winning form. Liverpool, Leeds United versus Liverpool ended in a one-one draw. This was kind of amidst the crazy Super League bullshit. Yeah. Um. Mane got himself on the score sheet, which was which I was surprised by. And yeah. the roles were kind of reversed here. Leeds played a possession game dominating 62 to Liverpool's 38% possession. Um, although Liverpool did manage to be the team that had more shots on target. I thought maybe this would kind of be reversed. I thought Leeds would levy that counter attack and really pelt that defense. Because we know that TAA and Robertson, especially with Kabak in the middle, and uh, Fabinho back there instead of playing in the midfield, can be susceptible to the counter. Um, but that didn't happen. It was it was a really, really tight game. Diego Lorente, defender, was the one that managed to get a goal for Leeds back in the 87th, but Liverpool were in the driver's seat in terms of leading um, for most of the game. This was a decent result for Leeds. Uh, I think Liverpool still, I mean, they should be beating a team like Leeds right now.
1: Yeah, Leeds, I think, the first team ever to have 50 goals for and 50 goals against and being in a position where they're 10th is crazy with that kind of stats. But, yeah, interesting. I mean, it wasn't the same as the first matchup they had, 4-3. But, I mean, that's typical to how Liverpool is right now. They just can't put multiple goals in a single match. Yeah. And Leeds is a hit-or-miss team. They'll give you what, whatever you got. but Yeah. Liverpool still dealing... I, I mean, Firmino was kind of out of it. Firmino was just all over the place in this match, and solid in start. It was kind of a rotated side in a way, and I don't know. Klopp's really struggling to get some consistency out of his players, and now that they're strictly in the Premier League, which has kind of been their worst competition, is tough. They're going to have to really close out the year strong if they want any chance of European competition.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be really, really brutal. Um I have no idea what to expect in terms of where they finish. I, I can't see um I can't see Arsenal really overtaking um them your especially. Bet. Your, your, your but,
1: best bet is to win out the Europa League.
0: I know, but you know, that's a whole other thing <laughs> that I'm worried about. Um I'm hoping maybe we can hopscotch Everton and at least secure ourselves a Europa League spot that way. Um mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know about winning it. I'm really kind of concerned about it. I know we looked good in that last leg, or the final game of that last leg, but it could be really, really sus. Um, So we'll have to see. But mm-hmm. I think that kind of closes our thoughts out about the Liverpool-Leeds game. We'll move on to the next, which was Chelsea nil, Brighton nil. Chelsea looked very human in this game. Um, There was a red card in this one, but it didn't come until the 92nd when Ben White was sent off. Brighton were actually the team with more uh, offensive shots, but Chelsea had more shots on target, Um, certainly more constructed uh, in their approach. 65% possession for Chelsea. They looked to be the better team, but couldn't get a goal past this uh, Brighton defense, which isn't anything special. Yeah, I
1: didn't I didn't like Mount playing alongside Jorginho. I felt no. he would have he would have performed a lot better in one of those yep. inside forward roles where Ziyech and Polisic played, but Havertz Havertz had his opportunities to score like straight at uh Sanchez a pair of times and Ziyech whipping balls into the far post doing his thing. Um I don't know. There were a lot of scary ch- scary uh situations where we were bullshitting with it in the back with the build up and Brighton brought the press and Danny Wilbeck off the post. Lalana skimmed it just wide. There were opportunities for Brighton to steal all three points and if they did, it would have been well deserved because we just looked nonchalant on the ball a lot of the times and it was really pissing me off. I just like and Giroux came on so late when when he did we had a guy out right up top that could hold the play up and he even had a pair of chances, so yeah, The game was there to win for either side, and nobody could do it. And Brighton are the kings of drawing games this year. I think that's their 13th draw this season, which is crazy in a year like this. Just draw after draw. But, yeah. um, I mean, positive things moving forward is no injuries. No huge injuries were picked up. So we can look forward to moving on to a big... Top-end matchup with West Ham and then a first leg against Real Madrid. So it's going to be a big week coming up for the Blues.
0: Yeah, Chelsea Football Club in the news headlines for Super League and also for their performance in the other leagues. I can't wait to see what goes on. Tottenham is the next—Tottenham the, versus mm-hmm. Southampton is the next fixture. Uh, this game went down yesterday. Ryan Mason's first game in charge— He's only 29 years old, which kind of blew my mind. I, I was searching yep. that the other day. Um, behind a Gareth Bale goal in the 60th and a Min Sun penalty in the 90th, uh, Tottenham managed to propel themselves to victory. Danny Ings, who we've said has been fraudulent in the past few weeks, um, was the one who managed to get Southampton ahead first. Uh, ultimately, wasn't enough to, to propel Southampton to victory. Uh, Tottenham dominated this game, looked better under Ryan Mason with no direction than they did under Jose with whatever sort of fucked-up direction he was giving them. So I think, really, Tottenham's issues had all come from manager shit this year. It's not as if they have a terrible team. I mean, they have Son, they have Lucas, they have Bale. And Dombley's a great player. Alderweireld's old, but he's solid. Dyer's all right. Region's uh, I think a fantastic option at left back. That was a great signing. Or a suspect, but Loris is a decent keeper too. So that was the kind of team that they put out here. And this is a team that should beat the Southampton. And I don't know if that result would have been the same under uh under Mourinho. I think he was really the issue.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And also alley's still not getting any love from the new gaffer, the nearem. Uh his career's probably been drawn out at Spurs. He most likely should move on um, if he can't get in the side with Ryan Mason at the helm. He's got some issues. Uh, but yeah, Bale getting a goal, nice little dink, far corner. It was sweet to watch. And then the the VAR decision for VA, uh, Son to get a penalty had that drama. Really, Spurs were gifted these three points from that VAR decision, but... Uh, any anything that can help them get the points they'll be okay with locks them up joint six with with Liverpool better goal differential um, I don't really have much to add I didn't really I didn't get a chance to watch the game Danny Ings did get on the score sheet nice to see him get that with all of his injuries and the forums, uh Southampton have been in they were at a time where or there was a time when we were saying Southampton was looking like they were going to get relegated because it's just loss after loss, but they're starting to get a win or a draw every once in a while, so they're almost at that 40-point mark of safety,
0: which is what everybody's after in that area of the table. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see if they manage to get that. Um, Moving on, Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 2. Two red cards in this game: John Stones in the forty-fourth, Matty Cash in the fifty-seventh. Villa went ahead in the first minute with John McGinn goal, only to be strangled from behind by City with efforts from Phil Foden, youth wonder child extraordinaire, and Rodri in the fortieth. And then nothing in the second half besides those, uh, besides that red card from Matty Cash. Mm-hmm. City, definitely a better team here. Um, didn't expect Villa to be the team that pulled out ahead first, but alas, they were. They do still have a little bit of bang left, um, just not all that much. Three shots on target for both clubs, but City dominated possession and uh, normal shots. 72% possession to Villa's 28 City only losing one in their last 5 whereas Villa have lost 3 in their last 5 including this one. This is this panned out the way I thought it would. Um I just didn't see uh City having to come from behind, but it was good to see that they, you know, they managed to to do so. A little bit of a different team here too. No De Bruyne, Um Zinchenko on the left, no Cancelo and then uh yeah, the otherwise pretty similar to what they usually put out.
1: Yeah, it was a championship-worthy uh, result for City, having to dig dig into the trenches with that red card. And luckily enough, Matty Cash gave in, made it even on mm-hmm. uh, the playing field. So, yeah, the better team did win on the day. Phil Foden having a spectacular moment with his goal and Rodri getting a rare goal from the middle. Um, not really much else to add. Like you said, um, Ederson back in the sticks, so no more mistakes like Zach Steffen gifting uh Chelsea the win in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just they're carrying on their their title run.
0: Yeah. Um, just kind of, it's just like it's so boring to talk about City because you know what to expect every week, and you know you're yeah. just gonna kind of win, and that's that. Um, just, they don't have
1: to focus on the league, really. They just got to go to the Champions League now.
0: Yeah. So next game, uh, Leicester City 3, West Brom nil. Jimmy Vardy's back in scoring form. He managed to get one in the 23rd to open the game up. Johnny Evans added another three minutes later in the 26th, and then 10 minutes after that, kalechi Iannaccio considered his electric form by adding another third goal. West Brom looked terrible again after having two great performances uh in a row that battering of Chelsea being one of them which I expected them to just come back down to earth now um yeah (laughs) just who knows man like West Brom is such a fucking weird anomaly I I hate them so much
1: yeah I mean yeah big Sam's chances got set back a little bit there but they're still in good shape I'd say with um with the remaining games they have left in the season it's it is obtainable you actually yeah it is obtainable they can they got Aston Villa and Wolves next where they're going to definitely need at least four points and they have Arsenal, Liverpool and West Ham and then Leeds so it's asking a lot from big Sam but if there's anybody that can do it it is him he's never been relegated so it'll put that record to the test but t- only time will tell and I, I honestly overlo- overthought this game with the coin flip. I just should have went with you straight up with Leicester. Jamie Vardy back on. Ian Nacho got another one. He carries on that form uh, from previous games, and it locks up their spot in that third-place position. They're just they're awkwardly in between United and Chelsea now, just in their own world.
0: Yeah, very strange. On uh, It's like Leicester Island. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll move on. I think we're both probably losing some steam at this point. We're going to go over match day 33. Um, just go over our expectations quickly. Um, tomorrow, 3 p.m., Arsenal take on Everton Football Club. I am backing Arsenal because I have to. Um, I think it could go either way. Don't see this one being a draw. It be low scoring, but I think it's a decisive victory for one club. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I got a bad feeling VAR is going to play a big role in this match. And with Lacazette and Aubameyang out, you're really going to have to rely on those young guys up front, which I do think they can do. But I don't think it will happen on the day. I'm going to go with Everton here with the more experienced players. I think Allen in there is a huge plus. And I have a feeling me betting on Everton will help Arsenal's chances even more for your sake. So I'm going to back Everton here.
0: Awesome. All right, next one. Liverpool. Versus Newcastle. Sorry, my mouth is dry as fuck. I'm with Liverpool. I think Newcastle are frauds, as we have said. um Liverpool win. Hmm. Huh. Liverpool, what? Win.
1: Hello. Oh, I, win. I thought you cut out for a second. You must have said it so fast.
0: Yeah, I must have.
1: It's. It, I'm not confident. Liverpool win. All right, that's fair. I mean, with Newcastle's form, anything can really happen, but I, it seems like Liverpool drags teams down to their level, even though Newcastle is on that level already. But, yeah, it might be a, a northern slobber knocker up there with the Geordies and then the Scousers. It's definitely going to uh,
0: be ugly, ugly screaming up there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd like to think if you're not thinking about pass forms and all that, Liverpool easy. But the way Newcastle's playing in that, they're just grinding out results. And I think one more big result for them will secure the season. Um, I don't see it happening here, though. I'm going to go with Liverpool just because Liverpool's in a situation more dire to where they need European football to satisfy their, their star players to keep them at the club. So I'm going to back Klopp and the boys.
0: Okay, sounds good. I'm with you. Um, next one is West Ham Chelsea, which is probably the game of the week. Uh, if you asked me, uh, it's either that or Leeds United versus Man United. I'm going with West Ham. Um, my good okay. my good friend Cookie has adopted West Ham as his team. All He's right, decided that West Ham's going to be his team. He has a jersey now. He's a Lanzini jersey ball. Um, so in his honor, I'm going to go with West Ham.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know that. Dope. Yep. Go on, you hammers.
0: Yeah, he's just decided, finally, after, like, kind of betting uh, Premier League this season, asking for my help, uh, he decided to adopt West Ham, which is cool. I think it's kind of nice for people to adopt, like, mid-table clubs. Arsenal's a mid-table club, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to suck when, when they go back to reality if, I mean, not soccer, they were they were scraping relegation. I know. But, um yeah gotta back the boys um don't really see anything I said earlier when we were reviewing the the games that this is the best time to play West Ham right now when uh some of their key players are out um don't know what's gonna happen with Lingard his form if he drops off or not I think he will I think he'll benefit with the style that Chelsea plays a lot of building on the back there will be a few opportunities where uh the midfield holds on to it too long and they'll jump on it. So he'll definitely have one or two key chances there. But I definitely think uh, Conte should be playing in this game. I think he's essential against a lineup like West Ham with how Lingard and Bowen and Ben Rama operate. He yeah. needs to stop a lot of that play before it begins. So I'm going to back Chelsea here. I'm definitely going to go with the under because the way Chelsea plays is a lot of boring possession, Mm -hmm. and I don't think West Ham's going to have a lot of the ball, so I'm going to back the Blues.
0: Sounds good. Next one, Sheffield United versus Brighton. This is going to be really simple for me, also Um, because I'm being yelled at to go take my dog out. Uh, Brighton.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with a draw. Both teams are boring, and I think Sheffield can scrape a result.
0: Okay, sounds good to me. Next one, Wolves at Burnley. This is the one that I'm going to say is a draw. I can see this being 1-1, 0-0. Both teams suck. Both teams can't score. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with draw. Um, what's
1: that, Wolves? What is their 10th? Oh, Burnley. Yeah, I'm going to back Wolves here. Their home record's very good this season compared to Burnley away. Burnley are awful away, and... I think it's going to it's going to make that that relegation battle close.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good to me. Moving on, Leeds United versus Man United. This is an old rivalry. It goes back very far in the Premier League. Uh, Manchester United obviously the better team in that rivalry right now and um in history's terms as well. And I'm going to go with them. Uh, I think that they win this, even if Leeds manage to go ahead first. United have the grit to come back. They've shown that to me, finally, um, and I'm ready to commit. Man United.
1: Yeah, this match is at Ellen Road. Uh, Man United are the only team this season who have not lost a match away. Yep. 16 matches, 10 wins, 6 draws. I'm going to continue that trend. I think United wins the result.
0: Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Uh, and then second-to-last game, Aston Villa versus West Bromwich Albion. I am going with Villa. West Brom are not who they promised to be. Um, they just got hammered by Leicester. I think they get hammered again by this Villa team who looked okay against City last week. Um, so I'm with a Villa win.
1: Yeah, they looked all right. Uh, key players are going to be out, and this is Big Sam time, so I'm going to... For your record's sake, I'm going to go with West Brom here just to give you the result. I think, uh, okay. honestly, I honestly do think Big Sim can scrape out a game here against a weakened Villa side, mm-hmm. who at, at times look to struggle. Um, and with West Brom having more to play for, I think they do have a good chance to win the match.
0: Okay, sounds good enough to me. Final game, Leicester City versus Crystal Palace. Straightforward for me. Leicester are scoring fantastically. They have Kaleshi firing on all cylinders, and he's looking to be just about as good as a prime Vardy right now. Um, So I'm going to go with Leicester. I think this Palace defense is slow. embolic, suspect. Uh, Leicester win. This game's at King Power, by the way.
1: Yeah, should be interesting. Crystal Palace haven't played a match since April 9th um a lot of time to rest a lot of time to plan out for their opposition um they also do not have anything to play for that mid-table finish Leicester just looking to secure the top four um I do think Leicester wins the game um I think I think there'll be a lot of goal I think we'll be surprised there will be a lot of goals in this matchup uh with all that rest for Zaha and Eze and the boys um I do think it'll be over hit but I think Leicester on the day wins
0: Okay, sounds good. That concludes our um, preview for the upcoming game week. I don't know what game we'll be doing this weekend. Uh, I don't know what match schedule looks like. I think I'm going to be free both of those mornings as long as um, it's raining because I'm not going to want to play golf or do anything like that. Yeah,
1: it's looking like Sunday for me, but I have away games. If it gets rained out, yeah, uh, we'll probably do the United match. Mm-hmm. But if not, uh, I don't really know. Might not yeah. be able to do one.
0: That's totally cool. It's a no big deal. Um, but yeah, we'll let you guys. Honestly, know on honestly, might be able to do the Arsenal game tomorrow. Yeah, perhaps
1: might squeak something out of work. But um, yeah, other than that, thanks guys for watching. Yep. Um, follow us on all socials at Post Twenty Pod. Uh, if you guys are listening to us, uh, audio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, drop us a follow uh leave us a five star review or whatever review if you guys don't think we're doing good enough let us know what we can improve on um if you're a visual user or yeah if you're a visual watcher and you're watching us on our YouTube channel right now post 20 spelled out t w e n t y um subscribe hit the notification bell so you guys are notified whenever we start a stream post a new episode drop some clips whatever um it's free it's not going to hurt tell your friends Trying to get up the subscriber count. Uh other than that, uh Evan, anything else you want to add, plug or huh? say
0: Nope, that's nope. it guys. Thanks again for watching. Uh we'll we'll catch you next week, all right? Take care, everybody.